Have you ever gone on a holiday or just taken some time off at home from your work, your school, your responsibilities, and it takes you the first three to five days just to come to a place of calm and relaxation. It takes you that long just to unwind. And when you get to the final few days, you begin to feel the adrenaline leaving your veins. You, you begin to experience that the light and shallow breathing that you've been having for the past few weeks just to begin to come to more of a, an even and slower pace. Your heart rate begins to slow down. It doesn't beat as strong and as hard as it was from the worry and the stress and the anxiety. And you begin to feel a sense of calm, of peace, of lightheartedness. You begin to feel like your, the tension in your shoulders just begins to release and a peace consumes your mind, your body, and your soul. You begin feeling yourself again. Maybe you don't have to force the smile as you have been recently. Maybe you can take off the mask of saying, I I'm okay when you really don't feel like you are. You're no longer uptight. The pressure has finally been alleviated and the tension has gone from your face where it is just relaxed. You feel like yourself again. You can feel that you can begin to rest and experience rest. Can you imagine experience this every single week of your life for an entire day? Can you imagine one day in every week for the rest of your life coming to a place of calm, of peace, of refreshment and relaxation? Can you imagine the, the impact that it would not just have on you, but on those around you, those you love? For if we were to be honest, when we get stressed and uptight, it's those closest to us that we tend to take it out on. Can you imagine being rested every week, one day, a full day, once a week to just unwind, rest, relax, not have anything to do but to simply be? Now, I know what you're thinking straight away. You're asking the question, is this even possible? Like, are we allowed to do this? Is it even physically possible? Is it even realistic? What if I told you that God created within you a deep need and desire for rest every single seven days for one whole day of rest? That when he knit you together in your mother's womb, he placed within your biological clock the need to take a break, to take a rest for one whole day every seven days. In fact, God speaks about this in Scripture and the Bible many, many times. In fact, he also placed it as a commandment in the Ten Commandments given to Moses and the Israelites. And for all of us who consider ourselves sons and daughters in his kingdom when we place our faith in Jesus. Did you even know that it is one of the Ten Commandments? I know straight away maybe you go to Google and Google Ten Commandments to see if I'm telling the truth or not. But I am telling the truth. It is one of the Ten Commandments that you and me would take one day a week to rest. That God saw it so important for us and for our lives. You see, in fact, 
God, as he created the world, he foresaw our life that we would live in, the the modern chaos that our life has become, the the society that is almost stressed out all the time, of our our lives are busy 24-7 all of the time, and he made provision for this. In fact, he calls it those of us who follow him and follow his ways to practice the principle of rest. In Genesis chapter 1, God creates the world in six days. And in Genesis 2 verse 2, we read, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. He didn't just rest and, or work and then stop, but he actively rested. And in this, he created for us a rhythm of rest, which is work six days, rest one day. In chapter 2, verse 3, Genesis, it says, Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. And in creating us, he hardwired into us the need to rest, the need for quiet, for solitude, for silence, for refreshment and reflection, so that we may have a healthy soul, a healthy body, a healthy mind, and a healthy spirit. This day, this one day out of seven days is referred to as the Sabbath. Sabbath comes from the Greek word sabaton, which literally means rest. Sabbath means rest, and rest means to cease from all movement so that you can recollect and refresh yourself. To rest is to pause. It's to stop. It is to quiet yourself. It is not to be busy. It is ceasing to engage in any strenuous activity that may cause you stress. To rest is to have an interval of silence even in the midst of madness. And God established the Sabbath, a day of rest, to teach us that there is a healthy rhythm of life to follow. And this Sabbath, this day, is more about being than doing. It is all about refreshment. It is all about receiving and resting. Now, if we were to be honest, we, we make room for a lot in our schedules. We looked at this in, in week one. We pack a lot in our day. There is very little margin. There is very little time, but we schedule all in. We make it work, but rest is often the last thing on our list. What if it became the first thing on our list? What if we decided to make it as a priority, something that we could not live without. What, we, what if we scheduled it as the first day and not the last day? And here's a truth that I want you to hear and grasp and know and understand. I've been saying it and repeating it over and over again for the last number of weeks, but this is it. It is God's desire that you would experience rest. It is God's desire for you that you would experience rest. The Sabbath is his provision of rest. It is a day set apart. And in this, he gives us permission to take a day off, to not have anything to do every week, once a week for the rest of our lives. The very first place that we find in Scripture, in the Bible, that the Sabbath is referred to is found in Exodus chapter 16, Verses 23 to 30. We read, Then he said to them, speaking to the Israelites, his people, 
This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy, which means set apart by the Lord, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil. Lay up for yourself all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up till morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. You see, before when they did this, if they were to gather the food on one day and try and keep it for the next day, it will have gone rotten. We know this as Irish people because we've grown up with the motto, Brennan's bread, today's bread today. Today's bread is for today. But on this day, in which the Lord is revealing to them a new day, this day, which was from late Friday until Saturday, the food didn't rot. It was a timely miracle that happened and was repeated every single week. Verse 25 says that Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. He says, collect and gather the food for yourselves on Friday so that you can eat it on Saturday, which in Jewish custom and still is today, Saturday is the Sabbath, the customary Sabbath. But he says that there will be no provision on Saturday as you are to rest. Verse 26 says, six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. This represented provision from the Lord. The people went out for six days to gather what the Lord had provided, just as we do six days a week when we work, just as we receive what the Lord has provided for us and our families. But here the Lord is saying something completely revolutionary. For the very first time in history and in Scripture, that for six days He will provide for the people, but on this day there will be no provision. In other words... He's saying if you work that day, the Sabbath, God will not give you help. God will not provide. You're supposed to rest on this day. In the six days he will provide for you, but on this day there will be no provision for you are to rest. Verse 27, it continues on. Now it happened that some of the people still went out on the seventh day to gather, and guess what? They found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws in which he'd not yet given the Ten Commandments to Moses? Verse 29, see, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man, which is every person, man, woman, and child, remain in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day so the people rested on the seventh day. Now, let's stop for a moment and ask the question, why? Why did God do this? Why did God create the earth and the rhythm of life to be this way? It is because he wants us to enjoy our time on earth, not spending it working ourselves to death. That was his reason. He wants us to enjoy our life and he wants us to trust in him for our provision, not to trust in ourselves. Knowing this, that he will bless the six days of work as we follow his command of rest on one day, one day that is set apart, made holy from all the others. Today I want to share with you three important truths about the Sabbath rest and refreshment. I can imagine for most of you, you've never heard a sermon on Sabbath. In fact, you may have never heard a sermon on rest. And I want to encourage you that you can learn something new today. 
Let's lean in together, take notes, be able to, to absorb this and then apply this. Because I truly believe that if we grasp this, if we follow this rhythm of rest, that it can change our lives from here on out. That the rest that we've been longing for, the stress and the anxiety and the worry that we've been experiencing, can you imagine that there is a way that God can give you the rest that you desire? Can you imagine that that is God's desire for you to experience rest? Here's the first truth about Sabbath. Sabbath rest is a commandment. It is a commandment. Exodus 20 verse 8, we, we hear the first announcement of this commandment. He says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Again, means to set it apart from the others. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, your emails, your tasks, your texts, your phone calls, your social media, your responsibilities, everything that you consider something that you have to do. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. Now in the Ten Commandments, this is number four in the commandments. God's commandment is to keep the Sabbath holy as it is just as important as the other nine commandments. What are they? It carries the same weight as this, do not commit adultery. It carries the same weight as do not lie. The same weight as don't steal, don't commit murder, don't covet. In fact, it is the longest commandment out of the ten. God spent more time on this commandment explaining it than any other. Why? Because he knew and understood the importance of rest in our lives and how it would play out in our lives. Unfortunately, we've placed this almost as the least important commandment to the fact that most of us don't even know that it is a commandment. He continues in verse 10. In it, in this day, on this day, you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it again, which means holy, which means set apart. Here's one thing we must understand about God's commandments. They are not to burden us, but to bless us. His commandments are given to us so that we may be blessed and live a blessed life. We are blessed when we keep his commandments. Now, we don't keep the commandments to be saved or to ensure our salvation. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ and consider him as the, the Lord and declare him Lord and Savior of our lives, we receive the assurance of our salvation. But we keep the commandments to be blessed. For the Lord said over and over again in Scripture, obey my ways, follow my commands, and you will be blessed. Now here's the flip side of that. There are blessings when you keep his commands, there are consequences when you don't. If you commit adultery, there are consequences. If you lie, there are consequences. If you murder, steal, covet, worship any other gods, dishonor your parents, there are consequences. Sabbath is on the same list. If you do not keep the Sabbath rest, 
Every single week, there are consequences. It will take our, its toll on our bodies and on our minds. There can be serious ramifications to ignoring this commandment of rest. We're, that we're, we're not going just against God himself. We are going against our biological and physiological needs. We are depleting ourselves physically and causing some serious harm mentally and emotionally. As we looked at in last week, in, sorry, in week one, Today we are working more than ever before with little to no rest and we're sleeping less than ever before. And in turn, what's happening is we're experiencing a wave, an epidemic of weariness, of exhaustion, of anxiety and depression. And God sees this. He understands this and that is why he encourages us to place rest as a top priority. So much so, that he placed it in one of his Ten Commandments. God is serious about our need for rest. And I believe that he's calling us to be serious about our need for rest. And I say this not to bring condemnation to you, but rather to show you the importance of this commandment, to take one day a week, set it apart from all the others, made holy to the Lord so that you may rest. Really, this became a, a revelation for me just within this last year after finding myself feeling completely worn out, exhausted, stressed out, on the, the brink of burnout, crying out to God, God, there must be another way than this. And he began to reveal to me the principle of rest as he began to study his word and spend time in prayer and worship and just began to reading books on this subject. And here's one important thing I want to say. I am not there yet. I need help in this area. I realize this. I know that it's going to take a lot of work in me and for those around me to remind me of the work that needs to be taken. And if I was to be honest, I'm tired right now. I, I feel slightly weary not exhausted, but just weary. Just feeling like I could do one or two days extra rest. Why? Because for the past few weeks, I've allowed the six days of rest just to bleed into my day of rest. And I'm still catching up on, on the rest that I need even after experiencing Sabbath rest just this week. Sabbath is something you can't have to. Sabbath is not something that you might do or maybe do. It is something that you need to do for 24 hours a day, once every seven days. It's something that we can't skip out for a few weeks and just expect our bodies to deal with it. It's something that we need to catch up on because it will catch up on us. God created me and you with the need for rest. One full day once a week. Not just spiritually, not just mentally and emotionally, but biologically, physiologically, our bodies need rest. And there are consequences when we don't follow this command. There are consequences when we choose not to obey it. But when we follow this command, when we practice Sabbath consistently and regularly every single week, we experience his blessing, we experience his goodness, and we experience his refreshment. And that's the second truth about Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest is refreshing. Exodus 31, verse 14 to 17, we read, you shall keep the Sabbath, therefore it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it 
shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person should be cut off from among his people. Wow! Talk about a consequence. Thankfully, we do not practice this today because if we did, we'd have, there'd be a lot of us in trouble. If you profane, it means to speak out against it. You don't consider it sacred. In fact, if you work on it, you'll be cut off from your people. God was teaching his people. I believe that he's teaching me and you the importance and the significance of practicing Sabbath and the consequences if we don't. That our lives depend on ceasing from work so that we may rest. Verse 15 says this, Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest. Holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he should surely be put to death. Yes, that sounds dramatic. But we could argue that today, in our modern 21st century way of living, that some of us are killing ourselves slowly because we are ceasing to work. That we are slowly dying, literally working ourselves to death. Did you know that some Asian cultures around the world, such as uh, Japan, China, and South Korea, that there is currently a growing trend of young people working themselves to death? Take the case of Mr. A. That is what the report submitted to the government of Japan recently called him to protect his identity. He had worked at a processing factory, often working 110 hours a week. That is the equivalent of two 40-hour weeks jammed in together. That is nearly 16 hours a day, seven days a week. And he did this week after week, year after year. They found Mr. A dead at his workstation after suffering a heart attack. He was only 34. Mr. A is just one case of hundreds of thousands of healthy young workers right across Asia that are literally working themselves to death, dropping dead on their job. And the conditions that led to his death was three things. Working insane hours, under intense pressure, with little to no rest. Let me say that again. Working insane hours, under intense pressure, with little to no rest. Now, is it just me, but does this not sound very like our modern days of working and living? It, it may not be to the extreme phenomena, phenomenon that is sweeping many Asian cultures today, but we are definitely moving more and more into that direction. How can we combat this? How can we prevent this from happening in our own lives? How can we ensure that this does not become us when we we suffer the consequences of working intense hours under intense pressure with little to no rest. Well, verse 16 says this. Therefore, the children of Israel, this includes those of us who are placed their faith in Jesus, become sons of daughters in the kingdom of God and enter into the family of faith. He says, everyone who follows Jesus, you and me, those who give our lives to Jesus, shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. This means on and on and on. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Now this part is really interesting. On the seventh day God rested and was refreshed. 
How does a God who never tires be refreshed? Well, in the original Hebrew, it is translation, translated that he breathed in or he took a breath. One other translation is he inhaled. What had God been doing for six days previous to this day of rest? He had been creating. Be creating the heavens and the earth, creating the light, the sea, the land. And how did he create? Well, he spoke. He's spoken into being. He said, let there be light. How do you speak? You exhale. In fact, on the sixth day, he created Adam, the first man, and it says that he breathed life into him. For six days, he had been breathing out, exhaling. And on the seventh day, he breathed in. He inhaled and he was refreshed. Have you ever said to yourself, I wish I could just catch my breath. I wish I could just have a moment to breathe in. Well, you can. There is hope. If you practice Sabbath every week for one day, 24 hours a week, by just doing nothing. That is what you do on your Sabbath. Nothing. Nothing of work. Nothing that you have to do. Nothing that causes you to have to exhale. Nothing that does not refresh you. Now, I do not mean that you literally have to do nothing where you sit around in your pajamas all day, eating junk food, watching Netflix. That's not really rest. That's, that's distraction, vegetation, and just being lazy. This is not rest. It is fun to do. I enjoy doing it at times, even for a half day, but this does not necessarily uh, replenish us and refresh us and fill our tanks. But on our Sabbath, we need to do that which refreshes us, what brings us rest, what causes us to inhale, to breathe in. This might mean for you playing golf now that you can. This might mean for you going shopping if that's what brings you therapy. This might mean for you spending time with your friends, going for a long walk, eating a nice meal, maybe working on a project that, that just brings something new to you. You know what I did this Monday, which, which is, it was, is my Sabbath? I got up very early in the morning. I went out. It was a beautiful sunny day. And I cleared out all of my shed into the garden. I dusted everything. I cleaned everything. I brought everything that we were throwing out to the dump. I put everything neatly back in its place. It took me 10 hours and I was refreshed. I love doing it. Because it is the exact opposite of what I do in my work. This physical exertion and this sense of fulfillment and accomplishment refreshed me because it didn't require that much mental and emotional energy. It was something that I enjoyed because it was different from my work. Some days of my Sabbath, I might just hang out with Jillian, my wife, and the kids and just go for a long walk or just go and spend time together. Some days I might just stay in read, nap, eat some nice food, chill out, not do very much. Sabbath is more about being than doing. It is to be refreshing so that it may set us up for the week to come. Here's what is key. Sabbath rest is given to us so that we can work from rest, not rest from work. There's a very clear distinction here. It is given to us so that we can work from this place of refreshment rather than having to rest and recover from work. Sabbath is not to be a recovery day. 
Most people, they work for their career or their job or in study or in school. They work five days a week. And there's also one day a week that's used for, you know, home responsibilities. Having to finish up on some work tasks that weren't done in the previous five days. Maybe catching up on what needs to be done and often using this day as a recovery day because it's not really a day off because you're still technically on. You still have your phone close to you. You still probably check social media. You're probably still probably following up on all the things that you need to do. Sabbath is one day where you literally do nothing of work, where it is totally rest, completely rest. Not do that list of things that you've been procrastinating around the house. Not to be checking your emails or selling yourself up for the week to come. Not to be using yourself even to grow or learn or harness your gifts, but to cease from all work, to inhale and to be refreshed. You see, when we practice Sabbath, we catch our breath. We slow down. We become filled up. We become refreshed. What I say at the start of this message, when the adrenaline begins leaving our veins, we feel like we can breathe again, where our tank is being filled up and our soul is replenished so that we can then work from this place. Work is not the enemy. Work is a joy when we work this way. We work out of that full place rather than always catching up with ourselves. Sabbath rest is given to us so that we can work from rest rather than rest from work. Here's the third and final truth about Sabbath. Sabbath rest is a blessing. It's given to us to be a blessing. In Mark chapter 2, verse 23 to 28, it captures a short story about Jesus and with the Pharisees. It says, Now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Remember, Sabbath is about not working not necessarily not eating. So here we see Jesus. He did not break the law in any way. But he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, he and those with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abithar, the high priest, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priests, and also gave some to those who were with him. And he said to them this, and I want you to remember this, to underline this, to grasp this. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. Here's what Jesus is saying. I didn't make you to serve the Sabbath. I made the Sabbath to serve you. Sabbath is to be a blessing and not a burden. It's like tithing. Those of us who tithe, no one experienced this, that tithing is giving 10% of our finances through the local church to God and expanding the kingdom of God here on earth. And those of us who tithe, no one experienced that 90% of our finances, blessed by God, goes far further than 100% of our finances without the blessing of God. And people who rest one day a week know this, that they can get more done in six days with God's blessing and refreshment and refilling than seven days without. It's really that simple. 
It's through our obedience in God's word, his ways, following his commands, his commands, practicing them that we are blessed. And here's another important part of this. God never said that you will get more finances if you trust him with your finances. That in some way, that if you give, you will get. That is not true. That is not in scripture. He says that it is a blessing to give and that when you give, you will be blessed. In other words, what you have will be blessed. When you trust God with your Sabbath and you give him one day a week, you're not going to get more days. But in fact, your days in what you have will be blessed. You will experience more joy, more peace, more calm, less stress, less worry, less weariness. When you trust God with your week by working six days and giving him one day, what way do you want to live? I want to choose his way. I want to live his way. I want to be blessed by God. I want to be refreshed. I want to follow his commands because I know and I trust that his provision for me is far greater than anything that I could provide for myself. I truly believe that this, along with silence and spending time with Jesus in which we looked at last week, Sabbath rest has the power to change your life. In fact, Sabbath rest has the power to give you life so that you could enjoy your life, so that you won't be constantly living so weary and worried and stressed and burdened and tense and tight, but you'll be able to live peaceful and calm and rested and refreshed so that you can enjoy your work, so that you can work from a place of rest rather than having to recover from your work, so that you can catch your breath Inhale, be refreshed, and feel like yourself again. So here's the application of of this sermon. What day will you choose to be your Sabbath? Choose this day right now. Take out your calendar if you need to. Take out your, your notepad, your journal, your phone. Write down, choose today what day will be your Sabbath. Sit down with your spouse. Maybe you need to sit down with your boss or your colleagues or other students or friends and let other people know this day will be my Sabbath. What will be your day? For many, many work Monday to Friday. Saturday can be used as that recovery day to get home responsibilities done, catch up on those things that we didn't get to do in the five days, and then use Sunday as a day of rest and refreshment. In the traditional Jewish custom, which is still upheld today, Sabbath was Friday evening until Saturday evening for a full 24 hours. And then they were able to use the following 24 hours to continue on and work in their vocation, their home, or their other responsibilities. For some, you know, you, you may work nights or maybe you work like three or four days on, three or four days off, or maybe you even work weekends. But regardless of the day, choose a day that will happen every seven days. Maybe your Sabbath, it's, it's just going to fluctuate and change. Remember, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is there to serve you to be a blessing to you, to be a refreshment to you. So something that you look forward to. And if you look forward to something and enjoy something, you'll place it at a priority. There may even be times in your life where your Sabbath is interrupted. There's an emergency. You know what? Life happens. Remember, though, it will take its toll on you. You will feel the effects when you decide to not place it as a priority. 
you're going to need some recovery time just to be able to catch your breath even before you can begin to rest. God did not make the Sabbath to be a burden, but to be a blessing. Remember that. Keep that at the forefront of your mind. This is something that you need, not just spiritually, mentally, emotionally, biologically, physiologically. You need it. So when you choose a day, I encourage you, mark the beginning of the day, knowing this is the beginning, the very first hour of the 24 hours of rest. Begin with something special, like eating a really nice meal, getting a takeaway, maybe putting away your laptop, turning off your phone. Take a moment to yourself, maybe just to pause to download all of those things that you've been worrying about, all of the stresses, all of your emotions, maybe write them down in a journal, then leave them to rest. Trust that Jesus will take care of them for at least 24 hours until you then pick them back up again. But choose a day, a full 24 hours that will become your Sabbath rest. Practicing the principle of rest that God has commanded us within his Ten Commandments. And I, I believe, I know, through Scripture, through experience, through trusting in Jesus, that this will have a massive impact on your life. For it is God's desire that you experience rest. In fact, he has given you permission to take a day off. He has given you permission to rest one day every seven days to take a day to inhale, to rest, to breathe, and to be refreshed. Hey, would you just close your eyes and bow your heads with me for a moment? I want to go back to the scripture that we've been using in the last few weeks. Jesus' personal invitation in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The message translation says it like this. Are you tired? worn out, burnt out in religion, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Hey, if that's you today and you're feeling this way, I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus, to place your faith in him, to trust him with your entire life, and then to begin to follow him for the rest of your life. If that's you today, would you just repeat these words after me? I said, Jesus, I'm tired. I need you. I need your rest. I surrender my life. I give you my life. And I choose to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm really praying that this would be a moment for you just to Stop, to surrender, to begin following Jesus, to begin reading the word of God, begin applying it to your life and begin with silence and spending time with Jesus and then Sabbath and taking a day of rest. I encourage you, if you've made this decision to follow Jesus for the very first time, to go to our website, openarms.ie and go to forward slash connect and fill out a short connect form there and and give some of your details and tick at the end say, I'm committing my life to Jesus. We're going to send a text and an email to you to invite you to Next Steps, which happens on the very first Wednesday every month with both myself and some of our team. We'll just be able to share some of our story, hear your story, and help you on this journey. 
Another really important thing for all of us in the life of Open Arms, all of our community, is our Hangouts that is launching this week. This is an opportunity for us to be able to gather in together in community once again, to reconnect together. It's just going to be 40 minutes for five weeks, once a week. It's going to be setting aside to connect over Zoom, pray with one another, share what's going on in our life. We're going through a study in the book of Philippians. It's four chapters, an epistle found in the New Testament. And it's an opportunity again to just get plugged in again just to be able to reestablish that habit of being in community. As we know that we are going to be able to reopen church, to worship together physically very, very soon. But why don't we begin by being in community through Hangouts? And all you need to do is go to openarms.ie forward slash Hangouts and you'll find the information there, how to sign up, and we'll get you plugged into a Hangout this week. Hey, let me just pray for you as we begin to worship one more time. I pray may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you his peace, give you his rest. In Jesus' name, amen.